A bipartisan deal on the debt ceiling has been made. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has been impeached and now faces trial in the Senate. Information on these stories and more coming up on today's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. It is Monday, May 29th, of course, 2023. We are back for another Monday morning news episode. Happy to be back here with you guys. But before we jump into anything else, let's get into the weather headed into this week. So in Los Angeles, California, today it'll be 69 degrees and mostly cloudy skies ahead. In Houston, Texas, expect a thunderstorm or two moving through 86 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be partly cloudy today with a high of 77 and in new york city expect clear skies with a high of 79 so a pretty nice day overall of course some more thunderstorms in houston so you know i I do apologize for that houston we just had thunderstorms for you guys on friday so hopefully you can get some sun of course it is still going to be warm over there so maybe you know maybe a little rain won't hurt because when it gets up to that 90 degree point and it's all sunny, it can get painful. That's when it starts to get painful. Although, I guess if you're used to it over there, it could be worse. You know, it's like us over here getting down to 30. Yeah, it's not exactly fun, but, you know, we're kind of used to it. Whereas if someone from the West, you know, Texas, Arizona, whatever, comes over here and experiences that, it is torture. So, (laughs) I guess that's just the way it goes. But I'm not going to ramble on about the weather any longer, and I don't really have anything else at the top here for you guys today. So we're just going to jump into it. I do apologize if I'm a little more laid back this morning. My voice is still getting into it. I am recording this in the morning, and uh, I think you know some allergies are kicking in. So we're going to take it a little easy today, but I do have a lot of information to give to you guys in this episode, so we're going to jump right into it. And well, it may have actually happened. We may have an actual bipartisan solution to the debt ceiling crisis. This news broke on Saturday evening after President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy took part in a rare phone call that lasted several hours until they could hash out a deal. The bill text was then introduced into the House on Sunday as it was being written and is currently going through a reading period. So what is contained within this bill? Well, In the end, it contains things that Democrats and Republicans both wanted and didn't want. Needless to say, there were some concessions on both sides here. First and foremost, the bill does raise the debt ceiling for the next two years, and then we get into the deeper parts of this bill, including a cap to non-defense or discretionary spending. According to a fact sheet released by House Republicans, discretionary spending would remain relatively flat in fiscal year 2024 and would increase 1% in fiscal year 2025. Overall, this discretionary spending would be rolled back to fiscal year 2022 levels and then have a top-end cap of 1% growth over the next six years. Veterans' health care funding will remain protected and the Toxic Exposure Fund will actually receive a $15 billion boost in fiscal year 2024. Work requirements for certain programs will be expanded, including the food stamps program being one of the most notable ones there. 
as of now, those between the ages of 18 and 49 must work at least 20 hours a week to get more than three months of food stamps out of every three years. This deal would raise that age requirement to 54 years old, although there are new exceptions for veterans, the homeless, and others. It should also be noted that work requirements to receive Medicaid coverage were not changed according to this fact sheet, and the agreement also calls for unspent COVID-19 funds to be reclaimed and looks to cancel fiscal year 2023 IRS staffing funding as Republicans still look to cancel the $80 billion given to the IRS over 10 years. The agreement did not include a cancellation of President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan to forgive $10,000 or $20,000 of federal student loans, although that program is still in front of the Supreme Court with a decision expected sometime in June. House Speaker McCarthy said after the deal had been announced that an official bill would go to the floor on Wednesday for a vote, and House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries also said Sunday that he expects the bill to get Democrat votes and that the U.S. will not default on its debt. President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy also met Sunday just to make sure everything was set, all the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, and they made the deal official. The Treasury Secretary announced the actual date that the United States would default on its debt. Secretary Yellen has issued a letter to the Speaker of the House that says that the so-called X date, the date that the United States will default on the debt, will be June 5th. For months, we've been telling you guys that Secretary Yellen and the Congressional Budget Office said default could come as soon as June 1st, but will definitely come within the first two weeks of June. Well, in last week's letter, Yellen says... Based on the available data, the U.S. will not be able to pay its bills unless Congress raises or suspends the debt ceiling by June 5th. The letter goes on to say that the Treasury Department has to make a huge bulk payment of $130 billion, including to veterans, Social Security, and Medicare recipients on June 1st and 2nd. But then the week of June 5th, another $92 billion payment is due in other obligations. She says that by June 5th, if Congress doesn't act, there will be no money to pay that bill. Therefore, that basically gives Congress this week to figure this whole thing out. But Yellen ends the letter warning that they better not wait until June 5th to do something. She says that the Treasury Department has already seen borrowing costs increase substantially for securities that are maturing in June. The United States is on notice. The perfect AAA rating of the United States is now facing a rating watch negative warning from one of the major three credit agencies. Fitch issued this warning Friday saying it could downgrade the U.S. credit rating if Democrats and Republicans don't come to a deal soon on raising the debt ceiling. Without that deal, the U.S. would intentionally default on its debt for the first time in history. But what does this really mean? Well, you know how you have a credit score and that determines whether you qualify for certain loans and how much it'll cost you to borrow that money. 
Well, the U.S. also has a credit score. The top three credit rating agencies are Fitch, Moody's, and S&P. And if one of them downgrades our credit rating, it costs all of us taxpayers more money when the U.S. needs to borrow what we need to make the payments on the massive $31.5 trillion of debt that we have. That means that the U.S. will have to pay higher interest rates on treasury bonds, notes, and bills. That's coming out of your pocket. To give you some context, the Treasury Department paid a record $475 billion in interest payments alone on the national debt in 2022, and if there's a default, that interest payment is going to get much more expensive. Since we always pay our bills, our credit rating is nearly perfect. They don't give the U.S. a credit score number, instead they call it a AAA rating. But in 2011, when we came close to defaulting, S&P stripped the U.S. of its perfect AAA rating and downgraded it to a AA+. And to this day, S&P has not returned the United States' AAA rating, and we didn't even default them, we just came close. The Government Accountability Office estimated that the downgrade and the debt ceiling standoff back in 2011 raised the Treasury's borrowing cost by $1.3 billion. It's worth noting that Fitch expects a resolution to the debt ceiling, but warns that they aren't afraid to downgrade the United States. Meanwhile, the other credit agencies have not yet put the United States on a rating watch negative status. And of course, as we mentioned earlier in the show, a deal seems to be getting done on the debt ceiling as we speak. The Texas House made history on Saturday by voting to adopt articles of impeachment against the state's attorney general, Ken Paxton. The first time this has happened since 1975. The 20 articles of impeachment were revealed by an investigative committee two days earlier, and the final vote wasn't even close. Despite a last-minute appeal from former President Trump to reconsider, the House voted 121 to 23 to impeach Paxton. The charges laid out in these articles included several forms of misconduct, including bribery, abuse of office, and obstruction, and the vote to impeach was supported by 60 Republican members, including the House Speaker, and five representatives from the county where Paxton and his wife have been residents for decades. At the same time, all 23 nay votes came from Republican members as well. Meanwhile, Paxton is calling the vote, quote, illegal, unethical, and profoundly unjust, end quote, adding that he looks forward to this matter being quickly settled in the Senate. And that's where this case will go next. Arguments will be heard from both sides as the Senate must vote whether Paxton will be barred from holding any public office in the state of Texas ever again. In order for Paxton to be convicted, two-thirds of the Senate will need to vote yes, and Republicans currently control the Texas Senate. Senate, with the makeup being 19 Republicans and 12 Democrats. A rare tragedy struck Japan last week as a shooting left four dead in the city of Nakano. According to reports from Japanese police, a man was chasing a woman down the street carrying a knife and rifle, and when she tripped and fell, he stabbed her. He proceeded to shoot at two officers that arrived at the scene and shot at two others as well. The three victims were transported to the hospital, but were pronounced dead from their injuries they sustained. 
Another woman was killed in the attack as well, her death being announced the following day. And it was also announced on Friday that the man was taken into custody by police, and the man was later identified as Nasunori Aoki, a 31-year-old farmer suspected of shooting an officer in the chest with a hunting rifle. In the attack, Aoki was dressed in camouflage, a hat, a mask, and sunglasses, and his motives for the attack are still unknown at this time, and this kind of attack is extremely rare in Japan, who has one of the lowest rates of gun violence in the world. For example, back in 2019, the U.S. had a firearm homicide rate of almost 4 per every 100,000 people, while Japan had a rate that almost touched zero. Investigations into this attack are, of course, still ongoing. A law passed in South Carolina to ban most abortions by the six-week mark has been blocked by a judge and will undergo review by the state's Supreme Court. An Arizona man has been arrested following a seemingly random shooting spree on Friday and Saturday that left four people dead and another injured. And Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has declared victory in his country's election over the weekend, extending his rule into a third decade. Now getting into good news for today, and a rather quick story, but a rather incredible one at that. A man ended up stopping an attempted bank robbery, just with some you know, kind words and a hug, really, as a man walked into his local bank and saw someone talking to the teller, and it turned out to be one of this man's neighbors. Now, mind you, this man is 69 years old, but he took a chance. So what happened was the man at the counter talking to the teller had passed the teller a note saying that he had explosives on him, and if he didn't get money, he was going to detonate those explosives. And the neighbor, the 69-year-old neighbor, realized that you know things weren't really going all that well. You could tell that the tone of his neighbor's voice was just you know very depressed and very dark, and he could see that the neighbor had his shirt pulled over his nose and mouth to try and cover his face, and so he kind of just walked up to him, not really thinking anything of it, and just asked what was wrong and asked if he didn't have a job, and you know, he walked the neighbor outside and just gave him a hug. The neighbor just started crying and the police did eventually show up and take the man into custody. And it turned out he didn't have any explosives on him at all. But really, the 69 year old man had no idea of this. He could have been fully armed. He could have had those explosives on him. He could have you know, said something that set those explosives off. But instead, he just walked right up to him and took him outside, gave him a hug, let him cry, let him talk. And that's all it took. That's all it took to really stop you know this robbery from going down or this attempted robbery from going down so it's just incredible how much these little actions can help and how much these little things can can uh, just really save a life or really just diffuse a situation and again the 69 year old neighbor had no idea what was going on you know he could have been walking into a very deadly situation a very dangerous situation but he just saw his neighbor and heard his neighbor in a very depressed state in a very agitated state and wanted to help so that's what he did and it turned out to be you know potentially heroic of course again he didn't have explosives on him but no one knew that at the time so way to defuse a situation it's absolutely incredible and this man is definitely a hero and hopefully you know help this man turn his life around 
you know, chances are he won't be held for very long as it wasn't, you know, a successful robbery. It was attempted robbery and he was unarmed. So the punishment will probably be pretty low. And hopefully this man can get his life back on track, you know, thanks to a little help from that neighbor. But that is the end of this episode, you guys. We will be back here tomorrow morning for another episode of Eye on the Ball. Don't miss our clubhouse room in the afternoon today at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will talk about this episode, talk about more information surrounding the news in this show, as well as other news that didn't make it into the show. Don't miss out on that. It's going to be a good time, but we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great start to your week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.